When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a rave, man, I go hard like Santan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. I'm joined this week by uh, two panellists who've just seen their teams go head to head. I'm actually not sure how content or happy they are, so I guess we can start with that. I'll start with you, Tobes. Uh, 2-2 draw uh, at Old Trafford. How are you feeling? Just give me a couple of words, nothing too heavy. We'll get into the detail later. Um, content, content. Uh, I'll take content, it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Isu, 2-2 draw at home to Spurs. Um, Not a good result. Fair enough. I needed, I needed an L. Before we go into the pod, I've got to do the usual on the socials. Uh, we're streaming this week's pod live on YouTube again. So if you're somebody who prefers the visuals, give our Touchline Fracker YouTube channel a follow. Uh, we post out the links, etc., etc., on the Twitter. So if you're somebody who likes that stuff and you like the tweets and you like to stay in touch with what's going on, give us a follow on the Twitter too. Um, plug, share, use the hashtag, join the conversation. You enjoy the pod, share that with friends, family, all that good stuff. Um, just the three of us this week, guys. So let's get into it. Uh, we can start with the big game, the 430, all eyes on me special, even more eyes, even more on you, because there haven't been many <laughs> there haven't been many games this weekend. So uh I'll come to the, the visitors first and yourselves, Tobe. So obviously you have a few of your players injured, a couple of your players have gone to AFCON, and one player's gone to the Asian Cup. What were your thoughts? leading into this game and feel free to give us the preamble of the fact that you've you've done some business in the transfer window too i'll be real um before i saw the news last night and this morning i was fairly optimistic um that we could get something at the at the ground because i saw van der ven was back romero could play um uh, benton available etc etc so i thought i thought there was an opportunity for us to get something in this game when I saw the news this morning that Kulisevsky was not, or this afternoon, sorry, that Kulisevsky was not available to play in any shape or form, so he wasn't even on the bench. And then, of course, still found out the news that Lacelso couldn't play. And I found out that we essentially had an attack of Werner Richarlison, 
Johnson and a midfield of Skip, Hoybier and Benson Core. Naturally, I feared the worst because I felt like that was not that was not a team that was capable of retaining the ball. Like we didn't have I think Benson Core is probably the only player in that team that I'd actually say was 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 capable of retaining the ball. So I think um, I was worried. I'll be real. When I saw that, I was like, mate, if Ange can get a W here, I literally tweeted it. If Ange can get a W here, he needs to be knighted. And it wasn't quite a W, but I think what you saw today was a team that have been coached superbly well this season, in my opinion, versus a team who are just not being coached even to a subpar standard. I think that's that's what You're giving out knighthoods for wins away at... Pretty average. No, 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 no. I'm giving out that one. Imagine you were the monarchy. We know we know that one. <laughs> listen, listen, hell of them spooky brothers have got MBEs. So, like, boy, don't don't don't, <laughs> don't 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 hate on my boy. Yeah, Rashford got an MBE for feeding kids. Why can't yeah, I get an MBE for noble? That's a noble thing to do. Yeah. And it's noble for Spurs to go here with like nine players out and, and, and get a W, but we didn't get the W, but it's, it's whatever. It's whatever. Fair enough, fair enough. I appreciate that, Tobes. Uh, Disu, listen, I want you to give your thoughts, but not from the POV that you actually detest your manager, therefore detest the team and actually wanted them to lose, but how are you feeling going into the game? <laughs> how can I give you from the point of view that I don't have, bro? <laughs> no empathy, you call that empathy, brother. I don't have that empathy, man. I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling going in though? Represent this. Um, um, going to the game, I was like, because I know Spurs have like a lot of key players, and I was surprised to see um, Van der Ven back into the team. But basically, their starting midfield was out of Basuma, Madison, and Saar, who have all been brilliant this season. Obviously, Bentico is a more than able deputy. Son, their talisman, and even Kuliskesi, who's been playing really well in that like, in midfield areas, was well, not midfield, the central areas this, this year. So I was like, okay, cool. Knowing how Spurs do like to play, they're quite adventurous, they push people high. I was like, you know, I can get some joy in transition with like um passes over the top into Garnacho, Rashford, and Hoyland. And then the way the game started and United got the goal, I thought these men actually might get dusted. Like they might do a Villa and Chelsea thing and get dusted and give us fake hope again. But thankfully, Spurs kind of really took control of the wrestled some control back. And I think for the majority of the game, I think Spurs had a lot of like the possession, the territory. The impetus, but going to the game, I thought United could get a result. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. Why? So that's interesting. What? Why did you think we could get one? Was it because of the amount of players that Spurs had out? Yeah, I think it's the amount of players that Spurs had, Spurs had out. So the, even though I think that Andrew get them playing in the same way, and I think they have a lot of like possession and great territory, I didn't think they're gonna have enough about them to generate that possession into chances and quality chances mm-hmm. at that. Mm-hmm. Let alone take them. Yeah. I am. I Show my studio that is hilarious. Um, <laughs> what a dweeb. Um, and then also the way Spurs play, they always give opposing teams, no matter how good or bad they are, opportunities to counter. And if you give United a lot of space, a lot of green grass in behind your back line at Old Trafford, they can like do stuff. That's the only way we can actually really score. So yeah, I was also surprised that Rashford got a goal. Um, I was very surprised Hoyland got one. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's why I felt that United could get a positive result. Cool. I mean, let's let's start with Hoyland's goal because uh, that was a pr- couple minutes in. Uh, nice finish, yeah, Tobes? Very nice finish. Very nice finish. I remember this who was this who actually made a joke during the Discord about our oh, Hoyland might pack you in, and I said, boy, he probably will score today because I feel like the team we're playing today. I don't think were. 
I didn't think that midfield was set up to contain Man United as well as I would like the team to contain Man United. And the first goal, I felt like it was really, really bad play from us to to in the lead up to the goal. So what I mean by that is the ball breaks to Bruno and there's not enough pressure on Bruno to actually um, to stop him from playing that pass. You know that if you give him time and space against a team where we leave ourselves quite open at the back to try and squeeze the opposition, he's going to find players in transition. So there wasn't enough pressure from the midfield. I know it's early doors, but still there wasn't enough pressure from the midfield on Bruno Fernandes. But even when Marcus Rashford got the ball to begin with, I felt it was a bit too easy for Marcus Rashford to come in on the inside, right? So he's gone past Porro quite easily. And then Romero went past him and he obviously tried to shoot. And I think you'll see the same issue sort of reappear in the second goal as well. But I felt like, okay, cool. Marcus Rashford's come inside, but you've dealt with the first, the first attempt, right? So you've blocked the first attempt. Now it's time to try and recover and, and try and regroup and block the second attempt. And I felt that we didn't do that well enough. We didn't have, I thought like Romero, because he didn't want, he didn't want a handball or anything. Obviously he put his hands right. behind his back, but yeah. he wasn't able to sort of like cover as much space as mm -hmm. he would have. And I felt like um, Hoyland, to his credit, was quite quick on the rebound, pouncing the ball, um, adjusted his feet well. And it was, it was a fantastic Lam finish from Hoyland. Lambda, it was a yeah. really, 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 really good finish from Hoyland. So like, I can be, I've been, so the, the critic in me thinks we could have defended that situation better because I think we could have. But objectively, I do think that's, that's a fantastic finish. And yeah. I feel like, fair enough, he's roofed it. When a, when a player roofs it like that, you just have to say fair enough, man. Hard to hate it, yeah. This is obviously somebody who's watched quite a bit of Hoyland this season, haven't been particularly impressed. I think this is his second, I, mean, I think it is it's his second goal in the league. He hasn't he hasn't got enough for me to not know exactly how many he's got. So this is his second goal in the league. We're halfway through January. I think he's got like seven in all competition. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's our top top scorer now, or joint top scorer with Scott McTominay now. Um how how do you think he played today, aside from the goal? Because that was two minutes in and there was another 88 minutes plus in the game. How, how do you think he did today? Um, I don't think he had a lot of opportunities to do much, but in the chances he got the ball to do stuff, I thought he did well. So, obviously, the one-two was nice with um, Marcus Rashford, obviously, which led to the second goal. There was a nice pass he played for Rashford in step on a half volley that put Rashford through, but I think I think his touch and control is a bit higgy Hagar. And there's one time that... I think it was on our left channel, Spurs is right. He did like the almost like a chop and burst past Van der Ven. got in a good cross that was cut out by, I think, a Spurs defender or the keeper. So I actually think in his actions were pretty decent for the most part. And obviously he contributed to a goal and assist. So that's definitely one of his better impacts. Um, I think you just got to look at what he's what he had to feed off. And he actually did well with what he had to feed off. So I think that's one of his better performances. So I think hopefully he could build on that. I think. Might be two when his previous goal wasn't too long ago. Um, yeah, well, I think it's been like two and three or two. Yeah, so three. hopefully, hopefully he can build on this. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad day's work from him. Nice stuff. Um, from rags to riches, the Richarlison story. Um, he's a man who's brought you a lot of stress. Whatever follicles you had left, he contributed to them leaving your head. Um, and no, now, no, no, no. <laughs> now you can't. Come on, it's part of the hosting banter, you know. You got a host banter, 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 you know. Um, but uh, he scored again today. A really nicely taken finish from Pedro. Wait, Pedro Por Poro's corners, but a really nicely taken uh, header, deft touch. 
Um, what did you think of the finish? What did you think of his performance? You know, he's a player that we've discussed at length for a few years now. Um, and then you signed him. It hasn't gone well. Where are you at with uh, Richie lads nowadays? Um, I'm still not satisfied with what he brings overall. Um, I still think he doesn't score enough for the detractors that he has in his game. Um, but that being said, I'm not going to criticise him today. I think he's... I have to give him credit because I do think he's been one of the players over the last month or so that's actually stepped up in, a, in terms of their output. So we needed... We said we'd need goals when Sun was missing, right? Um, we've played two games since. Sun has gone off on um, international duty. Against Burnley, he, he didn't play well, but today he scored... Um, good header from Richarlison as well. And even beyond the, his goal, I felt his performance today was really good. I thought he, that's, I said it, uh, that's the best game I've seen from Richarlison in the Spurs show. I felt like he did well at occupying the centre-backs. He pressed from the front quite well. He won the ball back a couple of times for us. He actually play, fed others into play. Good one-touch passing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So I was like, wow, like this is actually, this is an impressive performance. And I, I think, obviously the commentators, they gave... They gave Bentacle man of the match. And I do think Bentacle played well, but I felt Richarlison, for me, was the best player for Spurs today. And, and I have to give him some credit, man, because he has taken a lot of criticism, rightly so, because he's not been good enough. But in the end of the day, we needed him to deliver for us today, away from home against a big six opponent. And he's done that this season. So I can't really, I can't really begrudge uh, Richarlison today. I thought he played well and he was our best player on the day. So hopefully yeah. he can continue to score goals. And hopefully... Um, he can actually make himself somewhat serviceable uh, throughout the rest of the season. I think I think he's doing that at the minute. I think he he's is. a great he's a great demonstration of a thing that I think we tend to under underrate in professional sports is just how big a part confidence plays. Um, and you watch players who are really confident play above their station. You watch talented players who are lacking confidence play below the level that they need. But he's clearly feeling a lot more comfortable with his football now, a lot more settled within himself. The manager clearly has faith and has put trust in him and he's justifying it. Like one thing we can say about uh, Richarlison is he gets it out of the muds. Regardless, you're getting something. You may not like what you get out of the mud, but he's going in the mud and he's trying to get something for you. So I think, yeah, for the money you've paid, for the type of talent he is, I think he should at least be a serviceable player for you, right? He should be a player mm -hmm. who should come in, filling uh, up top, filling out wide. And really, depending on where you aspire to get to, you probably want to get a bit better quality. But for where yeah. you are now, um, it's decent. What did you think of the new boy, Timo Werner? Which, oh, um, I didn't think he was good, to be honest. I thought he was actually poor but in the end of the day he did make a very meaningful comp contribution for the second goal um i thought it was actually because we we normally like our wide players like hanging high and giving us some whip from that side so he did the same today um i felt like his shooting was just what i expect from vernon to be honest his shooting just wasn't there um but at the very least i could say that he did the basics to a an average standard in terms of like receiving the ball and maybe playing it on the inside. Um, I wasn't impressed with his performance today, but in all honesty, it's his debut. He got the assist, meaningful assist, so I'm not really going to get on his back too much. But yeah, man, um, we need better. We need better. Looking but forward, he, to, he the, looking forward to the Timo Werner era? No, not really. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but I'm just hoping that he can... Provide some output for Spurs, right? Like I'll, I'll stomach, I'll stomach the nastiness that he brings to a game of football. If he can, 
if he can um if he can get some goals get some goals get some assists and we'll we'll, we'll try and pretend that the rest of the haram isn't happening so yeah fair enough uh before half time just marcus rashford made it 2-1 uh, his fourth league goal in 20 20 games so he's slowly getting that goals to game average down so it's one in five now um how do you think he took the goal the link up with Hoyland to finish itself. I think, I think it was a brilliant goal. Um, I think he created that with Hoyland because if you look where he got the ball and where the ball ended up in the back of the net, that is like that's what you call creativity. And I really enjoyed that goal. Nice one to obviously I think Spurs could have defended that a lot better than they did, but it's very good technique because it's a very tight area. Hoyland put the layoff right, and it's a good touch to take it away from the defender, but give yourself enough space to finish it. And it was a brilliant finish right in the corner. So I thought that was quality, and I thought Rashford was looking very good in the first half, but. Second half, I think it was dreadful. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Second half, he yeah, just started yeah. doing tempo runs, started running into man and that. Heavy catches. <laughs> it was just really nasty. But hopefully, obviously, he got a goal against Forrest. Was it Forrest he scored against? Yeah, I think it was Forrest. Yeah, yeah, he scored against Forrest. Back into form, but yeah, that was a much better performance. And he gave Pedro Porro like, a lot of problems in the first half. But I think Porro um, recovered and gave United more problems than Rashford gave Spurs in the second half. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an interesting one because... Like you said, that goal was a good example of creativity. So there wasn't a picture there when you got the ball, but you, by linking up with Hoyland, was able to create something. But I feel like he really tends to let himself down in occasions where he has to think, and he always tends to overthink it. So there's a chance he got late in the game where he was, who was he one-on-one with? Um, it must have been Poro. And he could have either just taken a touch and taken a shot, or he could have just decided to go down the outside and fizz it in, and he just kind of fumbled around, and he just lost the ball. And it's not decisive, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not decisive. So I'm trying to think of a, a Premier League player. To be fair, the wide play in the Premier League is not not particularly great at the moment, but Pedro like, Neto is decisive. Huh? Like a Pedro Neto is decisive. Yes, like he knows what he's doing. He's just just, just getting at you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. And um, I'm even thinking about like even like seeing people like um Doku. Yes. Even though yeah. Doku isn't consistently great, but he's he's making a deciding I'm going to either try to cut back inside, I'm going down the outside. What what I think is interesting is that even though Rashford's skill of using his left foot, he was very committed to go down the outside, even too much sometimes. Right. Um, but yeah, he's just got to get back into the swing of things because he hasn't been a good year at all. It's been really dreadful. But uh, first half was much better. Fair. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, thought he was, I thought he was Man United's best player in the first half. Him, I thought he was playing well. Hoyland looked decent as well. I thought Garnacho was awful for the whole game, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I thought you're. I think obviously I, I'm. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. The midfield, but I felt like that midfield just gave you. It was hashtag no help, man. No help whatsoever, bro. Yes, yeah, Garnacho got lost on Udogi Island, man. It's many, many a wide, many a wide man has been. Many a wide man, yeah. <laughs> many a wide man has been stuck on Udogi Island. I mean, coming from half time and then. Benton Cole gets a goal for you guys, a habit that he picked up before he had his uh, injury. Uh, yeah. you, you said you felt Richarlison was your best player today, but I thought Benton Cole was pretty good today. He was really he was really good today. I, 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 like. I think Odogi was excellent. He had Sierra yeah, uh, in jail. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. But the thing is, with, with Destiny, like it, it's almost like it, it's it's normal now for him to literally just give us that performance now. Like You, you don't even... You, you yeah, don't, but see, this is what I don't like here. Is when the good players get kind of punished for being good, bro. He was still better than everybody, though. Right. Like, no, no, he was really good today. But I actually felt Richarlison was also really good. I thought Richarlison played really well. 
excellent. He, I don't think he did anything that I was like, oh, this is shit. Like, he held the ball up well. He was turning when he turned and he played a good pass first time. He was dangerous, was getting to the box. Like, he was he was all round good. Like, I'm not even going to lie. And I think he's get maybe he's getting his confidence back because he spoke about, I think he wrote like a piece in maybe the Players' Tribune or something where he spoke about mentally he hasn't been in the right place. And and even though I've never been, me and Toes have argued, I've never been a Richardson fan. Right. But he yeah. was never as bad as what he's shown in the last year. Very dogged, athletic, getting on the end of things, whether it be back post headers. He wasn't the greatest dribbler, but he was actually a pretty decent finisher. And what Mm. he showed for Spurs last season, and especially the top of this year, top of this season, was really, really bad. The ball was bouncing off him. He was ambling about, stopping the shots. Like what we've seen from Richarlison recently, the headers, the back post finishes, that's more like Richarlison. So hopefully he can keep going up. Hopefully, hopefully. Back on Bentoncourt, though. Bentoncourt, like, I think what this is, this is why, like, we were so happy when we found out that he was getting, basically came back early twice from injury against Aston Villa, then against um, Bournemouth. Because Bentoncourt, he gives us such a, like, a calming presence in the middle. And I think the feature that you saw today with his goal is, is something that, like you said, he, he started to download towards the, towards last season before his injury. But generally speaking, he makes others around him play better. Like someone like Hoybier, for instance. I don't even. I thought Hoybier had an okay game today, right? But Hoybier is scary, and I feel like when you have guys like Benton Court on the pitch, it gives the likes of Hoybier a better platform to go and play and do their thing. And because right. he's so technically sound, sometimes he'll receive the ball, he'll play it quick, one one touch, two touch. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And then driving into the box of it, even the touch to sort of... I felt like Johnny Evans, he should have done better. But the fact that he's taking that touch on his left foot to take it away from Johnny Evans, and then he's roofed it into the into the net, man. He was yeah. he was really good today. And and I think it's... it's, it's um, it's great news that we've got him back in this period where there's no Basuma and Sark because we're, we're going to need him, man. Um, really good player. Really good player. Convenient. What did you guys think of the, the second half overall after Benton Cole's goal? That's a, a spectacle. I, I, was, I, was fight, I was fighting sleep. It wasn't great, but... I, we, I, was, just, I was just on NFL Twitter about this, this game. <laughs> oh. It wasn't great. I think we... we um, 
I think the difference the difference in the second half versus the first half is this already alluded to it. Rashford's performance level dipped, and I felt like we we were better as a result at defending what Man United what gave Man United joy in the first half, right? And I think once we shut that down, there wasn't really anything from Man United up until that chance right at the end, the the one that McTominay missed. And I felt like our midfield basically just put their foot on the ball and, and tried to play. We've, and I felt like it can go both ways, to be honest, because we had a lot of the ball in the second half and I felt like our midfield were getting the ball into our attackers, especially in the wide areas. But Brennan Johnson today, oh, Lord, worst game in a Spurs shirt for Spurs this season. He's he's just, uh, he's a... <sighs> that's that's he a just... segue into a question we have from the, the YouTube chat. Can we talk about the waste of 50 million, Brendan Johnson, please, from Riley S. Brendan, his name is Brennan, man, but people calling him Brendan. Brendan. Um, so you know what it is with, with Brennan Johnson. You know what it is with Brennan Johnson. Truthfully, I don't actually think he's been he's been a waste of money for Spurs as of yet, right? Um, I think he's been he's had a decent season for Tottenham. I think in a lot of games, he, no, he has he has had a decent season for Tottenham. I think in a lot of games he's played for us, he had he's carried a threat, and I think he's he's got a couple of good assists this season. But I think the problem with Brennan Johnson is that fundamentally he's just not that good a player and i think that that is ultimately what it, it's the truth that's that's ultimately what it boils down to if you look at the fundamentals you're not really good bro that's he's just not no he's he's not good he's he, he he's mid he's he's really mid and I, and that's why that's why i didn't want spurs to sign him in the summer i'll be real like, i didn't want spurs to sign him in the summer and i'll i'll stand by that now and that's me saying he's not he's not good bad because i think to, like using today as an example i feel like sometimes because of the way he's deployed for Spurs, it means that he's receiving the ball um, away from goal on that wide, that wide right side. And whilst he's shown the capacity to beat players a couple of times this season, I don't think he's he's good at doing it to the regularity that we need when he plays in that position. I also feel like it's symptomatic of the players that we've had missing in our team because I feel like guys like Madison, for instance, they're going to find Brennan Johnson's run where he's closer to goal. So he's running as if he's bearing down on goal to shoot as opposed to running and you have to look up and cross. So I do think certain that certain things will help change what he can offer this team when the likes of Madison comes into this team. But fundamentally, yeah, he's just, his. I feel like his crossing is a bit hit and miss sometimes and his decision-making is, is wayward. Um, I feel like today, unfortunately for him, it was an all eyes on me slot. So like a lot of people are going to, it's the truth. A lot of people are going to look at today's performance and, been, and are going to go and say, oh, he's awful. He's this. I want people to know that was his worst game in his first year. He has not played that bad for Tottenham this season. Honestly, he hasn't. And this is coming from someone who don't even rate him high. He hasn't played that bad for Tottenham. This is the performance I think we're running with, brother. So... This is what we're going to reference in March. I think it's harsh, but it's I do think in March and April, brother. I do think it's hard. I think it's harsh, but I think we're in a we're in a situation that I think some Spurs fans saw. I think NSO we were quite consistent in the fact that he isn't the type of player that Spurs should be going for. We said that on the pod. We we don't think Spurs should be signing Brennan Johnson. Um, but I felt like there were a lot of players in the summer who were doing that whole rhetoric of, oh, this is Andy's number one man. Andy really wants this guy. So get him in, get him in. I trust the manager. I trust this, this, that, and the third. Ultimately, you just have to go with your eyes, right? And whilst he's a young player who, again, can be serviceable for Tottenham, we're now in a position where 
we need we still need a left winger who can beat players, who can do X, Y, Z. And I feel like Brennan Johnson, when you look at them, the fact that he costs close to 50 million, you can't look at this guy and say, yeah, he's a shoo-in when everyone's fit. When everyone is fit, he is not a guaranteed starter in this team. And our attack isn't even top like that. So that's 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 the problem. That's the problem with Brennan Johnson. Just yeah, a lot of these fundamentals are, needs work, needs a lot of work. Cool. Uh, question in the YouTube chat from Z Gold. Tobes, no credit for Hoy Beer. I thought he was good today. I thought we were giving him credit. I thought he was he was calm today. Like he did he did his thing. I think them, I think our whole midfield did did well to be honest. I, don't, but, I think I think saying Hoyberg was calm is a, is is not yeah it's not really fair. I think he was really, I think he was really good. He was good. Okay, cool. All right, a whole midfield. He's done a one eight. He's done a one eight. You know the ones where you know one eight. You know the ones where you know Listen, just listen. A whole midfield. A whole midfield was good today. I felt. I felt the thing is what I'll give credit to Hoybier is I felt and I've said this along even when he's playing poorly I think Hoybier is one of the few players in our midfield outside of Madison who is willing to make a long range progressive pass like we don't have midfield we don't have enough midfielders who make those passes in our midfield if you see the way we break on teams and when we stretch games normally it's Romero or Porro that's having to play the longer expansive passes because um, Basuma don't really play long passes he's a short progressive pass. Benton Core shorts mid-range progressive passing. Like Hoybe is the one who will play like the longer pass. And I and to be to his credit, I think he did do well today. And I think even Skip did all right today. But I think the fact that we've gone to Man United with a midfield of Benton Core, Hoybe and Skip, and our midfielders control the game, that not just gives credit to them, but it tells you how bad Man United's midfield was today. Because I yeah, felt like as good as Hoybier played, as good as Benton Cole played, etc., there was no pressure on our midfield today when they were on the ball. There was no pressure and there was acres of space. I, I think it was the in, even in the lead-up to the second goal, one pass from Romero split the entire team and Skip is there in acres of space. And, and when you actually pause it, Kobe Maino is nowhere near Skip. But then when you look at where Ericsson and Bruno Fernandes are, it's the same issue that we've seen from Man United all season where you've got these two eights that are like basically on the edge of our box. Brother, do some midfield. Do some midfielding. Yeah, yeah, facts. You have to um, you have to take a long, hard look at the manager. Um, just in some side news, obviously, Daniel Sancho has gone to Dortmund now. Feels like Ten Hag has had a bunch of interviews this week, doing a lot of talking since the Enios group has has come in um but this is his midfield these are his tactics and like we said at the top despite Spurs having a plethora of players out you could see what Ange has the team trying to execute on the pitch uh and Eric Ten Hag coming up to a year and a half or we could say like a year and a half at the helm we still struggle to see what the team is trying to execute or in fact I wouldn't say we struggle whatever he's trying to execute isn't isn't necessarily working so obviously this one I know you're not a person who wants Ten Hag to continue as the manager um but when when does it end sir it doesn't fam it doesn't <laughs> he's definitely gonna be here next season so like the, the way I just can't I just don't see United being that ruthless you get what I'm saying so I reckon he's gonna be there unless it's like a complete Shit show for the rest of their calendar, rest of their um season. I just don't see a position. I think the earliest we can expect him out if he continues this kind of form is that like maybe like mid next year, which is quite demoralizing because we're going to give him another transfer window. Um, I saw something, I'm not sure it's true, so I don't want to get onto him for this, but apparently he's like 
he still wants to retain like veto power. You, no, you're not allowed. I don't care who you like. I don't care. You're we gonna buy players you like it or lump it. You're not involved anymore, bro. I think it can work if the club re uh, identifies the players, and I think it makes sense for the manager to veto because if he knows he's not gonna use them, there's no point of us buying them. But what I will say is that. Going out, going out and getting players that Ten Hag says, get me this player, or getting players who somehow end up at his son's agency a few weeks before the, the transfer is due to happen. I, I can't believe not enough is made about this, bro. We're just, we're just, it's just bare money laundering. And also, the reason why I don't think it could work because I don't think Ten Hag's good. Like, we literally saw the difference. Like, who would you say are my United's better players? Like, at least three of United's better players will play today in um, Varad, Bruno. Rashford, in fact, Maino is probably in that list. Yeah. They'll play today. <laughs> yeah. They were literally playing even, today. even Martinez, Ma Ma Martinez well, came Martinez on. Came back. Bro, Spurs, about, Spurs, about, uh, Spurs were literally about their best two players in Madison right. and, and Suns. They went without yeah. their actual whole midfield, bro. Their literal mm -hmm. whole midfield and Kuliskesi as well. Like, yeah. yeah. If, if that man were playing today and our, all of our players were playing today, we would have got punished up today. After seeing what Skip, um, Bentacor, and Hoiberg did to us, what do you think Saul Basuma and Madison have done to us? <laughs> scary. Mate, spooky setting here. Spooky yeah, so, setting. And, and, so, and the reason why I raise that is because this is Ange's first season. He's right. what? Halfway through, halfway through, hasn't got all these players. People talk about, oh, Ten Hag's injuries. I've seen Spurs play Emerson Royale and Ben Davis centre-back. Mm. I don't want to hear this talk about injury, bro, like... The, and his team still play the same way, still generating generating um, chance creation, still playing through the lines, still playing out the back. ETH, yeah, had one bad game. Okay, we can't play out through the back no more. Please, man. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's move on to another manager who was doing really well, um, but the tide seems to have turned quite Ooh. a bit. Uh, Eddie, oh, Howe. Eddie Howe's Newcastle. Um, they had the reigning champions come their gaff, uh, free to win, uh, guys. He's back. Omar is coming. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne came off the bench oh, yeah. to, 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 man. Turn, to turn the game around. Baba Yaga, they called him to turn the, <laughs> game, to turn the game around for Baba uh, Yaga. That's the pod. That's the pod name right there. That's the pod name. To turn the game around for uh, Manchester. Oh, yeah. City. Um, they went 1-0 up, and then Newcastle very quickly between Isaac and Gordon went 2-1 up. What did you think of Newcastle's performance yesterday? Do you think it was a case of them just continuing to go through a bad period or was City just that good? I think for like half an hour, City, we were speaking about in the group chat, toast, but it's one of the best performances yeah. I've seen from a team. Like the way they were circulating the ball, the close control, like get, creating chances, they were, they were spectacular. And there's one new yeah. up with like, this is going to be like four or five at this rate. Um, but I was like, with the Barclays, you've got to take your chances, bro. You've got to take your chances because too many good players, or you can make a mistake or a set piece, and then before you know it, it was 2 1. I mean, Newcastle were kind of hanging around in there for a bit, but then I think seat starts to gain control. And then when when, when the Winter Soldier came on, it just, it just got dark, it got dark very quickly. Yeah, man. yeah, very, very, I, think, very, I think Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle deserve, they deserve some credit to be fair because, like. To this use point, that first thirty odd minutes was, it was mental, man. Like, I, like I think any team, any team playing on that, you're gonna crumble, right? And I feel like it's credit for Newcastle to go one 0 down, 
and basically hit back the way they did and the, the goals as well that Newcastle scored. I mean, the pass from Bruno G to, to Isak and the composure to finish, to pack, um, I think it was Otega at the time. Yeah. And then even Gordon as well. Like Gordon had Kyle Walker on toast whenever he had the ball and he had an opportunity to run and to run at Kyle Walker and an emphatic finish again, um, cutting on the inside of, of the off the left-hand side. So I feel like Newcastle, they gave as good as they got. And I do think, like, until until Babayaga came on, I felt like Newcastle sure. were, were were doing their best to try and... <laughs> so were doing their best to try and actually close off the, the gaps, right? Because it wasn't even like Newcastle were, were like, playing gong-ho or anything. Like, they were trying to be organised. They really were trying to be organised in the first half. But Man City were just moving that ball so well, so well. And in the second half, I felt like... They did try and up the ante in terms of like the defensive work, but obviously once Kevin De Bruyne came on and the chances kept flowing and flowing and flowing, it was peak, man. Like you knew that they were gonna they were gonna crumble. Um, and I don't think that's that's a that's an indictment on Eddie Howe because I think Elijah obviously put out a tweet on the results that they've had recently and saying, oh yeah, it's a conversation. And I do think there is a conversation to be had about their form, but the Newcastle performance I watched the other day versus some of the performances I've seen recently from Newcastle, it was a clear improvement, clear improvement, because they were they were awful against Liverpool. They were awful against us. They were awful against Everton. They were awful against Bournemouth. That was a much improved performance against the best team in the league. So, yeah, can't really be too critical on Newcastle for losing to Man City. I hear you. What kills me is that, is how treacherous the game is. Last season, Eddie Howe was used as an example of why other managers weren't necessarily doing. Look how quickly Eddie Howe's turned it around at Newcastle. Look at Eddie yeah. Howe. Look at Newcastle. Less than a year later, he's taken them as far as he can possibly take them. They need to get rid of Eddie Howe. Newcastle need a new time. So which one is the truth? Was it the Eddie Howe of last season? Or is it the Eddie Howe that we're looking at? And the results I, think, I, I think it could be both, though. I think you can have a manager that's auto, like, really transform a team. Because remember, Newcastle were meddling near the bottom. And you got them to the Champions League. They're a good team. They score goals. They defend ruggedly. But obviously, they're going for like a rough patch right now. But obviously, where Newcastle want to be is not like meddling for top four. They want to take that Chelsea Man City um, transition where we were like a yeah, we're a big club, but we're not really doing much to okay. Now we're a consistent player. And you have to ask yourself: Is Eddie Howe the guy to go machine for machine with Pep and Klopp and and all these type of managers? And I think I think he's I think he's a really good manager, but it makes sense. If, Spurs, if Newcastle have ambitions of being like up with the big boys, on evidence you've got there on so far, Eddie Howe's clearly a very good coach. But to like challenge for honours and that, he might not be of that level. So I think he could be a bit of both. But I do think he's done a brilliant job. They've had a lot of injuries. They signed Gordon, not under Gordon. They signed um, Harvey Barnes, who's meant to be like a, a big signer for them. He's barely played, yeah. barely, barely seen him. And right. I think yeah, uh, Wilson's been injured and. Isaac's missed games, and then you got the, the basically half. I think the South play games. Yeah, I think the South play games. They've had, a lot of, they've had a lot of players out. I want to kind of delve deep into that kind of that top four aspiration you mentioned. So I think a couple of things come to mind to me: the nature of the league that we have now. So when Chelsea were doing it, it was only Manchester United and Arsenal, and when Manchester City came, um, it was only really Manchester United and Chelsea who were like really mega bucks teams. Now Newcastle are coming to an environment where. Oh, give Manchester United, we are what we want to call us. Um, but you've also got Chelsea, you've got Newcastle, Liverpool are here, Spurs are here. So the league is a lot more congested at the top of the table. 
Um, mm. And secondly, I think FFP rules um, off the back of like Abramovich and the way that um, Manchester City have been managed, 115 potential charges, has meant that now teams and owners aren't al allowed to just come in and spend as much money as they possibly want. Teams are only allowed to spend as much as they bring in, which means that Newcastle actually look like they need to sell some players based on the amount of money they made. Listen, teams are looking and eyeing some players very nicely, but how how realistic do you think those expectations from Newcastle are, Disu and, and Tobes too? And what do you think is a realistic timeline from them to go to where Newcastle were and thinking they can be right at the top of this league? There needs to... I can't... It's difficult, man, because obviously, like, they overperformed against their 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 targets last season, right? So I don't think it's fair to now turn around and people say, oh, Eddie Howe's not up to it this season. I still feel like their, their squad still needs more rebuilding. I think you need to let him continue to rebuild that squad. And then once he's rebuilt it and he's had sufficient time to work with the players, then you can suss out what's what. So what I mean by rebuilding is I look at their team from the team that got that sealed Champions League qualification last summer. Yeah, so... They, they, they did some good business to bring in guys like Livermento, who's a really good player. Um, they obviously brought in uh, Tonali. Um, they brought in Harvey Barnes, who's been injured. And obviously the, the former was suspended for a couple of months. But I looked at their team and I'm like, they still need the final third player. They still need a player who operates in between the lines in the midfield. They still need a proper backup for Bruno Gomares in the six or someone who can actually give him license to play as an eight. They still need another centre-back. They I didn't sign another centre-back you know? in the summer. Who? Who you I got? I've got a player for them. Who you Scott got? Scott Zimmy. Oh, you... come <laughs> off it, man. Come First Scott <laughs> McTominay. First of so his I still think... <laughs> I still... Don't get me wrong. I do think, yeah, of course, when, when the results turn sour, I do think, of course, you need to look at the manager and what, what could he do better. Maybe he didn't have to play Trippier as many games as he did when Trippier was in bad form. Maybe he could make some su substitutions, but maybe he didn't have to be so like gung ho and with your with your your way of playing. Maybe you could have been a bit more conservative, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they've had a tremendous amount of injuries this season, right? And they don't have as big a squad as a as a United or as a Chelsea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's still gaps in their team that they needed to address, even after spending money on Tonali, even after spending money on. Barnes um, and playing in Champions League football, European football for the first time in years. I do think there needs to be a little bit of sympathy given to Newcastle. Yeah. So in conclusion to your question, I think at least another two seasons, I think he 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 deserves, in my opinion. Like you naturally you need to suss it out conclusively that he's the he's not the right man for the job. And I don't think you can suss that out just because they're on a bad run of form at this point in time. I don't think it's it's clear. Yeah, I think that's a that's a nice objective look at it. Um, but yeah, back back to KDB. We have a bit the impact that he's had. People, are talking, yeah, people are talking about it. He's back. coming and he's lived. He's literally lived his raps. Um, is the title a rap now? And apart oh, that, brother, where are you guys all-time oh, Premier League midfielders? You know what the title is. The title is another level. <laughs> 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 No, but seriously, yeah. Um, first of all, bro, do you know, as you say, Mariah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
Bro, this is why I've been fighting, yeah, tooth and nail with man talking to me about these 100 million midfielders, short back and size passes, headers. Get them away from me. People talk about Allison, player of the year. That, bro, get that. Look what Kevin De Bruyne did. Look, first of all, the goal. Bro, bro, side foot into the bottom corner. Just have that. Through your legs, have that. He's, and then Do you know, what? I think he like, he sees things quicker and makes a decision on what to do in those situations. That's why he's so phenomenal. Because I've ever seen. It's and, weird. And it's, and it's not just that he's got incredible vision, yeah, and creativity, and then speed of thought to even do it, because I think Bruno has incredible vision. I think Bruno has speed of thought, but the, also the same technical execution. Can, that pass he plays for Oscar Bob, yeah, is just stupendous, bro. We got an we got a, we got an invader. Um, that pass he played for Oscar Bob was just out of his world, my friend. <laughs> oh my <dear. laughs> Yeah, but the pass he played for Oscar Bob. If you actually look at it from a reverse angle, like there's actually literally the only place the ball can go is right there, and he's whipped it around the defender. Obviously, Oscar Bob, brilliant touch, done the keeper. But this is what it looks like, and I think City have really struggled with creativity, but they tend to dominate enough teams. I think Foden's been brilliant for chunks of the season. They've got, they've got enough good players to win games. They don't concede enough goals. But they've even Pep said that City really, really lack creativity. And they lost that spark. They lost Mares. They lost Cancelo a couple of years ago. Uh, Gundogan's come out of the city. Yeah, yeah Gundogan, so players that can kind of kind of fashion things. I think Bernardo's not the type of player. He's more of like a just like all-round special footballer. Great finish. But yeah, he's special. And I think in terms of like what it means for the league, it's, it's, just, it's just a wrap, bro. It's yeah. just he's such a phenomenal difference maker, and the Vikings are yeah. And in terms of yeah. like Mariah, your second question, where does he rank? For me, I am completely fine with any position as long as it's in the top five. Me personally, I think Yaya is number one. He's just got a level of quality, PMP, and the difference between Yaya and KDP is that Yaya was also spectacular in the final third, but Yaya controlled the game as well. And then if City are faffing about, they'll just put Yaya 10, and then he's like, okay, cool. You small boys, move out of the way. Let me just go quickly win this game for us quickly. But like, I think KDB's up there with Yaya. I think he's better than Gerard. I think he's better than, um, you could say he's better than Skulls. I'm not too sure if I'll go there yet, but yeah, he could better than Skulls, better than Vieira, much better than Lampard, much better than Kante. I think the only people I have over Kevin De Bruyne, in my opinion, is Cesc Fabregas and Yaya Torre. And that's because them, man, I have a high affinity for people who are... I think KDB is a genius as well. Yeah. But men that can run the game and then also have the final action, I'll yeah. always give them the nod. Special, mark. special, special, yeah. 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 I hear you, I hear you. He doesn't, he doesn't have that responsibility at, at City mm-hmm. and he never... He never yeah, bro, like, I've, I've seen KDB like, miss half a season and win the league. So... You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's not just that's not the conversation for today, brother. Yeah. Uh, how about you? How about you, Tobe? Do you think do you feel like this titles are wrapped now with KDB back? And where do you rank him all time in Premier League? Uh, I mean, for me, the, the title is never going anywhere else but for Man City to begin okay. with. But okay. I still think even with even with KDB back, it's still gonna be competitive. But I, I just feel like Man City once again have the have that difference maker who will make the difference for them, as we've seen repeatedly, right? When it was the 22-23 season, when Liverpool were on their backs, who's going to close it? Baba Yeager. The 23-24 season, when Arsenal when Arsenal were top of the league, who's going to close it? Baba Yeager, bro. Like, the, the guy's execution is, 
is a 20 out of 10. His he's one of the best. I, I like I'll, I'm I'm not afraid to say this. I genuinely believe he's one of the best passers I've seen play football. Genuinely, me, I've watched. Him. He's one of the best passers I've seen play football. Like the way he passes the ball, the weight of pass, the variety of pass, no matter what, no matter what position he is on a football pitch, he's going to find you. He's going to find the you. And as well. The cutbacks are insane. Like, insane. I see, man, I see man get to the byline and then they just kind of loft the ball over the top or the it gets blocked. KDB is playing like a 10 out of 10 cutback. He came on and he instantly hit a mad cutback. I said, Yeah, this guy started already. God damn. These Guys are in trouble. <laughs> These guys are in trouble. <laughs> you, you in trouble. You in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, no. So like, even his shooting as well. Like, so I, I, to be fair, me and this, I, I guess obviously I don't want to take the conversation here in, t- in terms of the controlling of the game and stuff, right? Because obviously there are other midfielders who play the game slower than KDB. But like his execution for passing, shooting with both feet, left and right foot is insane, and just his his athleticism is there as well. And then. You know, like, there are certain players where it's like, okay, cool. Like, we had seasons where KDB, I think it was the 2021 season, where, like, he was being touted as, like, player of the year and stuff, despite not really playing that well. But, like, that statement of this is what it looks like, you know that he's one of them players where if he just wants to turn it on like that, it's a wrap. And in terms of where I rank him in Prem all-timers, for me now, we were discussing this yesterday. For me, he's he's definitely top five. He's def- definitely top five. Um I definitely believe he's better than Lampard. I believe he's better than Vieira, even though I rate Vieira high. Um, I believe he's better than Scholes, really and truly. So I just feel like, obviously, a lot of people don't want to rubber stamp it now because maybe he needs another title, etc., etc. That stuff is nonsensical. All that title stuff is to me is nonsensical. Well, you know, I, I I agree, but I'm saying like you know like some it's not even just titles. Some people they just have a greater affinity to some of these players. Like Chelsea fans, they'll never accept Frank Lampard not being top five. Liverpool, they'll say Joe. Nobody outside of that fan base has so. Lampard in any of these combos. <laughs> so, so, so for me, so for me, like I think he's top five now, but like it's a debate. Like people will still debate. I think when it's all said and done. When it's all said and done, I think he will be undisputed best midfielder in the league. When he when he leaves this league, Dustin, I think he will be undisputed best midfielder in this league. I think I think um, the general consensus is that he is um, because um, of the stats, his style mm. of play, the winning. I nothing's gonna. There's nothing he could do to be better than Yaya Torre because he's just not as good as Yaya Torre for me. But I, I think, think he's he as good as Yaya. You know, I can't I, lie. I think he is as good as Yaya. Nah. Nah. I think he's as good as Yaya. Nah. But Yaya, nah. you know what? Yaya's always nah. been someone I'm like, you're top five, but people don't really put you top five. Um, I'm going to put you top five. You just got to watch the Yaya come because you, you're moving nasty right now. But anyway, um, we're, 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 we're spitting hairs about like some of the most spectacular players ever played the game. Right. One I wanted to say, Mariah, I know it's a bit off topic, what no, it's going to be, is that when we have discussions of passers, right. and it's even because I had like a Neymar Ronaldo debate, which we just spoke yeah. over the day, and then people, and, I, and I said that, I put a video of Neymar's passing, and somebody said all these players have better passes than Neymar. It's like, don't bring these men here. The reason why I say that because obviously when people think of passes, they think of the people they've been told that are great, but mm. we also know great like the Javi Alonso's, the Javi's, yeah. and they're all brilliant passes. Don't get me wrong, yeah. But I will not take them any of them as a passer over De Bruyne because De Bruyne can do like the switches of play if he wanted to all day right. long. Not like he's not technically able to do. But yeah. to me, if we're talking about passing, it's the passing where in the pitch his passing. Yes, and yeah. 
and it's, it's more important to me having passing that leads to danger. Yes, the control the tempo of the game and obviously progression play is more important. But the part he played for Oscar Bob, like oh. that is why I call him. Like that's why he's that's what you call passing to me. Like if you're gonna rate a passer, let me see your passes take everybody up the game and basically yeah. put it on not on, not on the plate, but put your player in, a, in an excellent position to do something. Yeah. There's something that, that um, Dr. Mike said on one of the pods, and you were rolling your eyes. I think I wasn't on that pod, but he said, um, Trent's passes they speak to you, they tell you what to do. It spoke to Oscar Bob. Yeah, it, it literally spoke to him, and you can almost tell like it was quite obvious what he should kind of do with his first touch and take it in, take it in stride. It was almost like there's enough weight on it to fizz it through the lines, but then there was almost when it got to that like the box area, it kind of sl almost slowed that. It's crazy. It's crazy what these guys can do with a football man. Pep made a great point uh, yesterday. I think we've talked, spoken about this on this pod for years. The final third is not tactics; it's talent. Facts. I'll use my philosophy to get you guys to the final third. Facts. While you are in the final third, your quality has to be ingenuity because this is where you have the least space, the least time. You're going up against physical monsters the vast majority of this time, especially in this league. Um, and, and we saw it there, you know. So, yeah. Even Spurs, Spurs are a good example of that talent versus tactics thing. Because right. they get to go to the final third with absolute ease. With absolute ease. If you gave Spurs like I'm not even saying that all stars. I'm talking about okay, they got Sun. If you get Sun like Pedro Neto and then like another quality attacking, Bro, you player, see it. Just go up like that. Because mm -hmm. you, like it's the most congested area of the pitch. It's got the most like you're gonna you're gonna be outnumbered in terms of defensive players to offensive players. You're going to and there's you, there's not enough space in there. You can't like it's the byline and the penalty area. What can you do? To get there, do you know what I'm saying? And then, and obviously, teams are very astute. They're gonna to try to fund you out wide. They want you to cross the ball in because the defenders are probably gonna be better at your tackles at getting there, and they've got a numerical advantage. Can you, can you create something? Can you beat somebody off the dribble? Can you play a pass that takes you back the game? And that's why, that's why players like De Bruyne, Foden, like um, Salah, Trent, Madison, Odegaard. That's why these players. That's why I will always say that these are the players that should get all the accolades. The best players because they do the hardest thing, hardest thing in the world. I'm sorry, it just, it just how the cookies crumbled, my friend. So no, right. no, no, Allison talk, Declan Rice talk. Allison is a beast. Alibar, yeah, good player. He's awesome. a goalkeeper, bro. Come on, man. He's <laughs> a <laughs> goalkeeper. He's a unicorn of a goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper. Come on, what are we doing? Oh, brother. That's that's cool, brother. I'm, I'm with uh, who's a guy from uh, Tim Lovejoy from Soccer AM. A football team is. Ten footballers and a goalkeeper, yeah. Period. <laughs> Period, bro. Period. Cool. Um, just to finish our Premier League roundup, let's take a quick look at the early kickoff uh, on Saturday. Uh, West London derby: Pochettino's Chelsea uh, versus um, Fulham. They won one nil. A Cole Palmer penalty. Um, he's having a really good like first kind of starting week in week out season. But what are your guys' thoughts on Chelsea? I find them. Mm, Kind of nasty. They're still nasty, but it's weird. I, I always watch these Chelsea games. I'm like, you're nasty, but like, there's still patches of your game where like you're not actually playing that bad. Like, get the ball from the defense, the midfield, find a way to get the ball into the final third, and it breaks down. And then you just repeat and repeat. But then 
you throw a splash of, oh, wait, we're going to get caught in transition and then give the opposition a chance. They still can't defend crosses. It's weird, man. And I feel like, especially at the top end of the pitch, they need, they just need higher calibre quality players, man. They really, they really, really do. Um, and they need better, they need their better midfielders available as well because I feel like, even yesterday, Conor Gallagher, he just was just a non-entity in the game for Chelsea. Honestly, he really was. Broya tried to hold it up a little bit, mm. but just wasn't good enough for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Cole Palmer did well. He did well, I think, especially in the first half. He took a lot of responsibility to try and make stuff happen. And it's no coincidence that it was his bit of play that led to the penalty to begin with, finding a really good yeah, pass. Sterling, yeah. Sterling committing the player and winning the penalty as well. So... I don't know, like, there's still, there's ingredients of a side that could be good there, but they just stink, man. They really stink. And it's like, yeah. no matter, yeah, yeah. no matter, no matter how, how the game, no matter what the game state is for Chelsea, you never feel like the opposition are out of it because Fulham yeah, were not Fulham, really yeah, they were equalized, didn't they? Yeah, bro. They were fighting for the last year, Chelsea were. Yeah. Facts. It's, it's crazy because... Again, like yes, I think they got into the for at least for a good portion of the first half and part of the second half, they got into the final third quite well. But their attackers are just not good enough. The touches aren't tight enough. The turns aren't tight enough. The decision making isn't good enough. Raheem Sterling, uh, he, he has to take his hair back to normal, man. But I agree. Him. Even him, he won the penalty, but he, he needs to do more, man. He needs to do okay. more for Chelsea. I, I, my, my thing, I, when I was looking at the games. I know, like we're going to talk about in the pod. I was trying to assess like what's wrong with Chelsea. And I just feel like they just don't have enough effective minded players on the pitch. Like, mm. okay, Gosto, I think Gosto looks like, he's like a good all round fullback. I want to call him a kind yeah. of offensive fullback. He's quite balanced. Cole is a centre back, a stiff centre back at left back. So he played well, though. Played well. You're, you're getting nothing there. Then in the midfield, you've got um, Caicedo. You've got Gallagher, who's like a really, 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 really crap version of Caicedo. And Enzo. So you don't really have offensive players in there. You have so you, it's basically your attacking three or your real offensive players, and they've been trying to find ways to kind of get numerical advantages in the box. They push Enzo further forward, but Enzo's not a ten, so then they lose stuff in progression. So this game, they got better performance in midfield and better performance from Enzo because he was a bit deeper. He was able to progress the ball, so he can get in into Sterling and that. But as when Sterling and them get the ball, what can they do? There's not enough. They don't have enough. So I think they're a bit too negative in their midfield composition, and I think maybe. Uh, Chuka Mecca come back as a team can change that. I really think Poch needs to end his love affair with with um, Gallagher, Caicedo, Chuka Mecca, Enzo. Leave it at that, and then they need to have offensive minded fullbacks. So I, I think they learned out Matteson. Matteson's looked all right in a couple of the cameos. They learned out Lewis Hall. I really like. I don't think Lewis Hall's sick. I don't care what nobody says. Every time I see that guy play for Chelsea last year, that this guy is definitely sick. So they, I think they need to have more offensive minded players on the pitch. I don't like how they try to play football. And mm. it's too In the final third, it's literally, oh, Palmer, Sterling, a beggy man do something. That's how they kind of how they play. And mm. I think I think they're very good players, especially Palmer. But I don't think like none of them are like a special player right now. Like that Harry Kane, it doesn't matter. You could play Harry Kane could play with tomato cans. He's gonna score, bro. He's gonna left foot. Or just that play the perfect pass where all you have to do is tap the ball in. They don't have that level of talent that completely carry the attack. So I think they really need to adjust what they're doing. So yeah. 100%, 100%. Watch that game was kind of nasty for them, man. Yeah, man. 
Uh, a player that people have linked them with uh, is Victor Osman. Awesome. I'm going to use this to segue into Afcon. Uh, if if you, if you get by next week, Mario, yeah, I try. Listen, I, get, I, I get in the we, studio, my guy. It's the same. It's the same because free Niger, free Nigerians, and we're about to bland the hell out of out of Osman. <laughs> so to segue to Afcon for those of you who are living under a rock, it started. It started yesterday evening with. Uh, Ivory Coast, but let's start today. Um, looking at Manchester United, Manchester United's Nigeria's 1 1 draw with Equatorial Guinea, population 1.7. Lewis said in the group chat, What is a Equatorial Guinea? I want that documented. <laughs> about Lewis. If you need his email address, I'll be happy to provide. Just drop me a message. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, their goal scorer plays in the championship in Poland. Um, their captain plays in like the fourth division of Spain, so you get an idea of the, the caliber of players um, on the Equatorial Guinea side. Uh, Nigeria's mm-hmm. team is made up of players who start in the Premier League, Serie A, mm-hmm. Belgium, etc. etc. Um, what were your thoughts on the performance today? And you can start with Victor Osman if, you, if you'd like, because he, he's a player that people are looking at. Today. If that was Darwin Nunes or Lukaku. Yeah, he will be getting the Levi Jeans Timberland 100%. special. That's what. And the thing is, like, I've seen bits of Osherman, but not that much. I'm like, okay, cool. Look at cool. I saw him against Liverpool. So I know this looks dynamic, cool, nice goal record. But I'm not gonna pretend that I've watched a lot of Osherman. But I've seen a lot of talk about Osherman. I was like, oh, you, you guys are sound a bit harsh on Osherman. Like, Harlan isn't the most spectacular technically, but he's scoring goals. So now watch today's game. And obviously, this is not gonna be my defining assessment of Osherman. I don't think that's fair. But that is some of the worst technical play from a striker I've ever seen. It was abhorrent, bro. The touches were insane. And the misses. Like, the one-on-one, oh, mate. Like, it was just an all-round shocking performance. That Nigeria made enough chances to win the game, like, three or four. Easy, you know, easy. And, easy. like, they're in a tough group. They've got Ivory Coast next. And Oshman can't do that, bro. You can't. 100%. That is awful. Oh, he's mad. It's a man. It's a, it's it's mad as well because obviously he scored. It's mad. He scored the goal to equalize for Nigeria, and we're still saying how bad he was because he was that bad. He had about two other guilt edge opportunities that he should have packed away, and his link play today was really poor. Like whenever I watch him for Nigeria, he doesn't really perform. He don't really perform to be honest. But at least there were there were games where you could allow him and say, okay, you know what. He's been starved of service, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we were on the Discord today. It will be fed him a couple of times. Like he had genuine opportunities today to to make to make more of a difference than he did for Nigeria, and he didn't. And then if you look at, so you, you you're telling us that you're not going to score, and then the rest of your game is just is actually abysmal. Like he he's got to do better because he's capable of better. Like he genuinely is capable of better. That was that can't be. The standard that you that you carry throughout this tournament, like he's meant to be our best player, so play like it, man. He's got to play like it. I thought Obi and Lukman did good. Brother ain't young, brother. Yeah, Obi played some really good passes, put a couple of chances on the plate for him. Lukman's been doing well at Atlanta for a couple of seasons now, um, so these guys are going to need to kind of be the, the bedrock of this team to see if it does any sort of damage. There's a comment on the YouTube chat. That Young and Yusuf was good, though. And I have a few... <laughs> um, <coughs> young and knowing full well that that man is 23 years old. Yeah? <laughs> uh, that's all I'll say. 
But just to Tobes, um, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the, the spectacle that is AFCON, can you try and describe to them what the tournament is about? What happens to world class players when they come and play in the AFCON? Yeah, please. I said, I said in our chat the other day that see AFCON, everybody's stats start the same. So if you are 88 on FIFA, you're Oshman, you're 88. Once you step <laughs> into Africa as a footballer in registered to play the AFCON, your stats is at 60. Everybody's stats at 60. You <laughs> you're 28 back in fucking blood. You have to get that shit out of the mud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to get that shit out of the buzz. And Fact. that shit out of the buzz is not easy, cuz. Because it's Oshman, not easy. Oshman play like a 64, cuz. It's, like it's not easy. Imagine, you, imagine. Imagine Superman in a in a room with Kryptonite. That's that's, <laughs> that's what playing. You know, like was it? You know the um, Dragon Ball Z. You know that chamber where they go to train. I forgot. Yeah. Like, playing in that Superman yeah. playing in that, yeah. but with yeah. Kryptonite everywhere. That's wow. that's <laughs> that's how Afcon is. You really have to get it up the mud. You really yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fascinating because some of the best players that we've, some of the best African players that we've seen, they go to Afcon and they look like any guys. It's yeah. sweltering. The quality of the pitches isn't good. Everybody has PNP. Um, the tactics are questionable. We discussed this on the Discord. We discussed this on the Discord earlier. But if you happen to be a player who's a really talented player, surrounded by players of an inferior quality, you're asked to get it off the defenders, link the midfield and attack create chances and score chances. So, yeah. um... It, it's and, a, and you might be the physio. Because they might have... Be <laughs> your FA might have spent all the P's, yeah, or Badinas. <laughs> so, they've got no physio in Iraq, no kit, man. So, you are the physio. Your wife's the kit. Your wife, your wife washes the kits in time for the next game. Do you get what I'm saying? Maybe your uncle's driving a man to the stadium. <laughs> if you're And if you're unlucky, like in the case of uh, Emmanuel Adebayo, your FA hits you up to, I beg you, like, play for flights and that, because, like, we ain't got no <laughs> Bro, this is this is this is the this is the You know your friend who is borrowing money from you yeah. to the point where you're like, I'm not even counting getting that money back. Just I love you, bro. Just take it. <laughs> That's the relationship added by all had with the Togo FA. <laughs> uh, I think I tagged Mariah in a tweet. I'm trying to find yeah. it. Yeah. You said um, Guinea's all-time top scorer is a right back for his club in Spain, but he's a main number nine for for country Afcon. Bro. This, bro, I'm telling you, fam. Afcon is where everybody starts at 60. I'm yeah, telling you. In fact, in fact, let me even update the, the, the philosophy, the theory, yeah? Yeah. You don't have positions. Everybody starts at 60, yeah? Everybody starts at 60. Everybody starts at 60. Mikel, DF for Chelsea. Nigeria, 10. Like, everything is different, cuz. Everything is different, man. Afcon. Different. I'm breathing different. I'm bro, breathing different. Is, if the referee... Has to run back his rental. He might blow the game four minutes early. He said, "Bro, I'm yeah, sorry." The last Afcon, yeah. Last Afcon, yeah. I blew like eighty-six minutes, guys. It's That's crazy. I got to get, I got to get that Hurts rental back to the, back to the spot. <laughs> man said, "Man said, let me beat, let me beat the African traffic, bro." He said, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> but, um, I was the Decide <laughs> if you are a fan of like African players and African football. It's a great spectacle in terms of the culture, just the things that you'll see, which you just don't necessarily see in European football. It makes me, it makes me laugh. I tune in every single, um, I think tune in every single tournament. Just so you watched the opener uh, yesterday. Uh, Ivory Coast, the hosts, 
one of the favourites. How 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 do they look? And you've got the comparison of of Nigeria today. How did Ivory Coast look yesterday? Oh, sorry, just to finish off the Oshiman thing. Yeah, sure. He had seven passes <laughs> today. He com- he completed one. He completed one successful pass. Yeah. In I remember the pass. It was to it was to Moses. Um, Moses. Um, it was to Simon basically. I, I, I yeah, thought we put the screenshot in the group chat, but I thought that was like after twenty minutes. So I went to go yeah, check on soccer score. He literally had 18 touches, but he got dispossessed how many times? Possession mm-hmm. loss. Where was it? Possession loss. 11 times. 11 of 18 times. Stuff for a lot. Anyway, um, yesterday's game, um, Ivory Coast. I think Ivory Coast were good, you know? I think Ivory Coast were good. Fofana out of their hooping. Yeah. Hooping yeah. heads. That's what I thought. That is what you call, I went to AFCON, my stats are 60. Instantly, back to 84. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe they let him just go to the Middle East and nobody signed him. He was doing a madness in France, man. He was he was doing a madness in France. It's a shame that nobody nobody grabbed him. He's class. I got to feed the family. He had to pay for the for this Afcon. Yeah. Okay. Nah, do you know? Do you know what's mad as well? That 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 Ivory Coast, that Ivory Coast, Ivory Coast hosting it, so he has to pay for all the stadiums. Right. Not just him, Kessie as well. That Ivory Coast midfield that started two out of three of them are playing in Saudi, brother. Kessie, <laughs> Kessie for fifty. We fifty-fifty, bro, man. And then one, it's a mad, it's a, it's a mad thing. Oh, all right, maybe we split fifty-fifty. Yeah, all right, calm, man. <laughs> I hate this guy. I didn't want to come with that. Nah, I'm still 50-50, man. So you, you see when they got um, they've got Fofana, they got Kessie, they've got Diamande in defence, they've got Jeremy Boger as well. Um, so they've got yeah, they've got quite a few um familiar names. Got some got, top flat players, good a lot yeah. of top flat players. Ori on the bench as well, Dumbia on the bench as well. So they look good. yeah, they look good, good. Good value for money. Just to give you an example of Afcon, Egypt were drawing, uh, well, losing two one um, to Mozambique until uh, a ninety fifth minute Mohamed Salah penalty. So don't think about GDPs. Don't think about do we know the players that play for this country? Doesn't matter, bro. Everybody comes to Afcon and your stats are sixty on FIFA, and then we touch. Yeah. We touch yeah, from you have to get the mud, bro. You have to get the mud, bro. That's 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 real mud, life. Didn't do what. Ashima is now a forty-two. F it, he's a forty-two. You know that, that leap alone, that leap alone makes him a sixty-five. True, the man jumped so high. He he actually almost missed the ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a he's a freak of nature. But come on, brother, he also has a hat trick now. He, he's a yeah, he does, he does, he does. I, I think with the way he actually plays and his technical limitations, if I'm Nigeria, I'd try and put a really technical player close to him. That's why I don't understand we didn't play Kalechi. Mm. Because um, I, think really I, him, I think I think I could play in the deeper side of the pitch, and I just play Kalechi off him so he can link and just try to find him and yeah, if he take shots from outside the box as well. So I was quite surprised yeah, yeah. to see Iwobi not play. And um, um, what's his what's my man's name? Chukwueze as well. Yeah, um, someone yeah. mentioned at the bottom. I thought I thought um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Lookman. I thought Lookman did well. To be fair, yeah. Lookman yeah, Iwobi. Lookman Iwobi. They're allowed to eat today. The rest of the man, no, no yeah. food. 
you know, the awesome and yeah, old school four four two is goal goal scoring record for Nigeria is really good, like twenty one in twenty nine games. Just have a player really close to him that can link up with the midfield, that can create chances for him, and he doesn't need to worry about the things that he's not necessarily good at. Napoli get full use out of him. They have him running those channels. They have him battling with a whole back four by himself, and they're actually a completely different side when he's not in it. So yeah, if you haven't tuned in, Ghana playing. Cape Verde at the moment, but there's going to be... Africa. Is he injured or something? No, nah, I think he's on a bench. Um, so there's just going to be a lot of African football for the next few weeks. So check it out if you haven't already. Okay, guys, that regular segment, the time for the weekly Touchline Awards. Um, so let's start with the star of the weekend. Tobes, who are you giving that to? Star of the weekend. Oh, um, come on, man. I'm going to give it to Kevin De Bruyne, yeah, man. The impact, yeah. the goal and assist has to be him. Has to be him. This week? Yeah, it has to be De Bruyne. Cool. Um, surveillance. This week, who, who you got your eye on? In terms of what? Surveillance. Oh, surveillance. Hmm. That's a good one, you know. Yeah. Can be negative or positive. Doesn't have to just be negative. No, I like to keep it negative. I know, but I just want to let you know you've got the option. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for that, brother. But um, <laughs> surveillance. I think I'm going to. I think it has to be Caicedo. Was he bad against Fulham? I don't. Was he bad against? Uh, I don't feel like it's especially bad. But it's half a season now. Just isn't pulling up any trees, man. Uh, Chelsea I'll, fans will tell you it's all down to Pochettino. He's no, left on the island. He's no, left on an island. No, He's got no midfielders. No. no, the family, the family's fed. Generational wealth has been secured. And until I get a serious manager, I'm gonna take you easy, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> the family's fed. You can call the family, guys. We're all right. You yeah, know, good, good. bro. We're the way he played after that disaster, I say is West Ham will never make me not laugh, bro. <laughs> he, he's like, bro, I secured it. He just thought, ah, he just knew, bro. 150 racks coming next Friday because doesn't even matter. Life, life, but the future, it don't even matter. It don't yeah. even matter. Uh, who have you got your surveillance camera on, um, Tobes? Broyer. My surveillance camera is on Broyer, man, because I feel like I need to see more from him. Jackson's not in the team. Right. And Kunku's injured. Right. I was told, obviously, this... And he looked, to be fair to Broyer, he looked decent at um, Southampton when he was there. Didn't score enough, yeah. lots of goals. Oh, swear. Hey, bird. <laughs> hey. Baba. Just... Old man. It doesn't matter. We're all 16. We're all 16. But, um, no, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to give it to Broyo, man, because I feel like I, I want to see more from him. And uh, he's had a bad time with injuries, but listen, it's top flight. You're playing for Chelsea. You're not going to have many opportunities to impress. It's make or break for him. So, yeah, you're under surveillance, buddy. It's make or break? Wow. Yeah, bro. Uh, he's playing for his future, man. You think he's going to last the season if he if he continues? Know, is Chelsea even the most conducive environment to be in? Mm, yeah, it's probably Man, not. Everton need a, need a striker, I'll tell you that. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that Why do they need a striker? <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much more Daesh is going to this rubbish, man. He came oh. up on he came up on Barnes and them man there. Real men. Oh, Real men. Cool. Uh, Disu, who do you have down as Saudi bound? Who's Saudi bound? Oh, Johnny Evans, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was running in treacle today for that second goal. 
Ericsson mad because Jesus Christ. You know who I have in Saudi? I have Ericsson, man. Ericsson is a complete non-entity. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's um he's um hard to protect the heat. <laughs> oh my days, man! Nothing player. He's not good on the ball, so he doesn't. He just hooks it. it man. He does hooks. He doesn't want to get pressed or anything. He just, he just lumps it. He just he lumps it. Crap! Oh, crap! I can't believe this shit, man. I want them a book. I couldn't believe you were saying it. What are you doing? <laughs> This is the Barclays Premier League, bruv. <laughs> 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 you know what's good? Ericsson, Man United signing a number 10 who's just come off a heart attack and has played minimal football apart from six months in Brentford to start to start and be I'm the controller. That's what I said. I'm happy with him. Hey. He's not good enough as a squaddy, though. I don't know, just a man. I thought he'd be okay. I thought he'd be okay, squaddy, but bruv. He's, he doesn't yeah. do anything. He has no redeeming qualities. Atone for these atrocities. Um, so, so Ericsson to Saudi and Johnny Evans. Fair enough. That's no knock on Sir Jonathan Evans as well, by the way. MBE. Yeah, yeah. In case you were wondering, he had he got his knighthood as well. Tones. In case you were wondering. No, no, uh, you don't deserve uh, you're not to judge, eh? Uh, let's finish <laughs> up with listeners' questions. First one is from Alexis Kavkas. Was Werner a net positive or negative today? I mean, you'd have to say he's a net positive because he got the assist, but his performance was not good at all. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, talking to Mush from Copend, how long does a player have to play well to be player of the year? If KDB cooks for the next four months, is he eligible? Oh God! Do the again. This, this is, this is, this is why it's not my agenda. Go on. This is why I do. What I do. Yeah, but here, I think, I think, in normal circumstances, you need to play better than you than four months. But I think because to this point this season, we've not really had someone be like a like clear, clear standout. It it makes it open. It makes it open for someone like Kevin De Bruyne to go on a run for four months. And then maybe claim so we haven't had standouts after. No, as, as in, I don't think there's been one player who can actually say he's been like. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with Hopes. Don't you I think that there's enough players on that table that it's too much of a gap for him to? So if they maintain the level they've had the past twenty games, he can't catch them. He can't catch the Salas of this world. He can't catch the Virgil Van Dijk's of this world. Even if. James Madison comes in and he plays how he was playing before he got injured and he plays about 30 league games. How can you put Kevin De Bruyne above him? So I think... It depends. Go on. It depends because if if his... Maybe he may not be able to catch them because of the work they've done before. But if he... In that four-month period, if he is flat out the best, if he's way better than these guys, it's going to open up the conversation. I'm not saying it should work like that, but it's going to open up the conversation. And you know how it is with Man City. Because they win the league... That means their player will get player of the year or young player of the year. Like we yeah. saw when Kevin, there was a season well. Kevin De Bruyne won it. Everything he's the I, I can see it happening, even though he probably shouldn't, because I think like yeah. Trent's been. I think Trent's been awesome. Um, I think like Trent's been awesome. I think Madison's been awesome. Salah, like there's been been a lot of like good players. So, but yeah, we'll see. Cool. Hopefully. I've just gotten possibly the funniest question I've ever gotten. 
Derry underscore straw eight one three one six. So they obviously don't want anyone to know who they are. Um, as time has gone by, football has evolved drastically with more PMP and tech. With that being said, do you think teams like SE Dons, Daisy, and Touchdown FC could challenge Pele's Brazil team? If not, <laughs> what level of team could? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. This is I blame I blame you people who talk on the old G's like they're pieces of crap for this. They played with footballs that were made of bricks, guys. <laughs> they caught a coach for 10 hours to get to wherever they were getting. Imagine their abilities, their natural talents, with all the modern advancements that we have in the game today. There was a two, three-minute Pele comp that the Touchdown account posted a couple of years ago, and that did more for Pele's PR than winning three World Cups did. We were seeing him do all sorts of tricks and showing all sorts of technique. No, I'm not going to lie. Some yeah. of them, bare them old onies were actually washed, but the real... <laughs> but like, like Ooh, the actual... They weren't, man. No, they were washed. I'm not talking about them, man, though. Like, I mean, like, average level of player there was obviously... Of course, the average level of players increased. Yeah, but like, bro, when I saw Bobby Charlton comp here, I was like, this guy's moving nuts. Yeah. Bonkers, bro. Bonkers. I saw Bobby Charlton, Ancelotti. Did you see Ancelotti's comp? Oh, yeah, my crazy. goodness, bro. That's what it looks like, bro. Mental. Yeah. Mental yeah. comp. Yeah. These are footballers. These are these are footballers, and this is the thing. I think the top level guys could play in any era, you know? Yeah, the top level guys can play in any era, but a touchdown FC beat Pele Brazil. Don't, yeah. make, me, don't make me laugh. Um, next question is from Lacasse underscore Stina. From the top six clubs, who are the worst technical players from each side? So let's start at the top of the table and work our way down. So who's the worst technical player at City? The worst technical player at City, um, I think Haaland's in there. I think mm. uh, Mateus Nunes. No, not Mateus Nunes. It's worse than that. Kyle Walker. Probably like more towards the defenders, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But out of yeah. the people that actually play week in, like somewhat regularly, it actually might be Kovacic, out of the guys who play it regularly. Do you think he's a bit the worst technically? Yes, I do. Oh, for the, is he better than... Is he better than... Actually, no, maybe Ruben, Ruben Diaz. Maybe. No, no, no. Diaz, Diaz, Kovacic. Kovacic dying out there, guys. And you see... He's, play, he's playing midfield. He's not playing, he's not playing fullback, though, so... Um, I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for Man City. It's very tough. Maybe, maybe it's probably it's probably Ortega, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's go Ortega. Let's go Ortega. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All, all of them are actually good technically, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool. Who's their worst technical player? Darwin Nunes. Easy peasy. Um, since they're here, I'll do them the honor. Aston Villa. You don't even know, do you? Mings. Maybe <laughs> Mings. 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 Arsenal. Havertz. Yeah, Havertz. <laughs> Going with it. Spurs. Sessegnon. Sessegnon or Skip. Uh, West Ham. Sessegnon. Yeah, man, he stinks. Technically, just technique. Technique. Actually, to be fair, Richie's up. This is my thing. People are... Werner, Werner, Richardson. Werner, Richardson. Werner, Richardson. Werner. 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 not in there? Fair fuck. No, no, no. He's got more technique than both of them put together. Put together, oh okay. Yes, uh, put together, bro. 
West Ham. Oh, Suchek. Oh, Suchek, he's the worst of the fucking buckies. He's his guts, bro. He's the worst of the Suchek, no doubt about he's it. He's a volleyball player, bruv. Yeah, oh. and, and finally, uh, Manchester United. Oh. Yes, McTominay. <laughs> yes. Too hot, they call him. Um, and another account, um, Saudi bound. As this AFCON season, what are your top three AFCON moments and top five African players of all time? Okay, um, my top three AFCON moments is um, every basically every time Ghana losing the semi final, so you can pick and choose which one. Um, obviously, like you are winning it, um, a few years ago, it's up there. Um, yeah, so that's my. Some of my top moments. Mikel's Mikel's debut because I remember there was so much hype about him as a player. Um, and he came off the bench and he like it was nil nil the Nigerian match. He came on, came on number ten shirt, turned it for them, and they won the game. The referee ended the game early. Last. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the guy who was on the floor injured and the car came and like hit him on his head. That, those are some of those are some of my best moments. And Drogba's penalty miss in the final as well. That was I mad. That. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. That made me feel real good, man. Yeah, same. Um, who are your top? This could be spicy. Who are your top five African players all time? Yaya Torres in there. Yep. Samuel Eto's in there. Yeah. JJ Kocha's in there. Is he there above Etienne? Yeah, JJ Kocha's better than Etienne at football. Yes. He's not for me. I'm not. I'm not putting JJ above SCN. Sorry. JJ Kocha is better at football than SCN. Sorry. Go on, keep going. Man's, man's running around biting kneecaps and that. Come nah, on. man. SCM was insane, bro. Come on, this is You always take it too far. When did SCN ever bite anybody? That's Luis Suarez, man. I said biting kneecaps. That's basically. Oh, he, he, he makes me sick. SCM was not, bro. Um, SCM was a class, top class midfielder. Bye, yeah, yeah, bro. You have to remember. Remember, people always forget this when you're dealing with this too. Remember who he is. Unreasonable bias to Jinky Jinky and Jinky facts, bro. Always forget this. They always forget to win. So if he says, actually, like, I'm like, why are you guys surprised? I don't rate this player. Like, but how how do you think this match is amazing? No. Mosala, is there? Not a chance in hell. He is, man. Come on. Musala, bro. Come on. What is your problem? What do you mean not a chance in hell? No, no, no. <laughs> he, said, he said not a chance in hell, bro. <laughs> Address that. But I said not a chance in hell. Musala's <laughs> in there. He's in there. Why should he be in there? This is crazy. <laughs> if he was black, he would be in people's top five African players of all time. This is reverse racism in full effect. <laughs> I can who? Yeah, I don't care. Uh, but I've got Mares in mind, though. Huh? Mares. So I guess we're, we're talking about our generation, right? We're not talking about the likes of like George Ware and a baby. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't put players in there that I didn't watch myself. Uh, fair, fair. Yeah. Drug bar. Drug was in your top five, yeah? Yeah, drug bar, no salad, though. No, no, so no. what is your top? So you both have your own. What's your top five, Jesse? You say yours first. So I've got Eto, Yaya, uh, JJ Akocha, Mares, Drogba. Okay, cool. Um, Tobes. I've got in no order. I've got Eto, Salah. That's what Tobes gonna say. Eto, Salah, Sen, 
Eto Salah, SEN Drogba, and I'll probably say Morris. You know, Morris is yeah. Morris was 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 nuts. Clutch as well. Has Salah won it with Egypt? Say that again. Has Salah won it with Egypt? No. No. Cool. I, I know Morris has. Oh, you know what? Money. Money. Who? I forgot about money. No, no, no. I forgot about money. I might have I'll, I might have money over over we over Morris. I'm not talking about him. Now, bro. now 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 we're doing recency bias with Malak Mane in that. That was I wanted to. Say, I just wanted to, you know, see <laughs> his face just turned. When oh, <laughs> how, yeah. how many titles has um, um, Salah won? What do you mean, like leagues? Was it like Prem or like yeah. trophies? One, Champions right? League, Premier League. Okay, so um, one league, right? And, and nothing for Egypt, right? Yeah, nothing for Egypt. No. Okay. Cool. Yeah, teams, teams win titles. Teams win titles, brother. Individually, individual career. I don't know what that means. He's on the top. He's on the top table. He's had a better career than Morris. He's had a better. I disagree. I disagree. He's had a better individual career than Drogba. Put your trophies on the table. I mentioned Yaya, right? Didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Yaya, I could put above him, but the others, career-wise, and Drogba. Nah, man. Nah, man. That guy finished up playing in the fucking championship of fucking America, which is yeah, the equivalent of the Conference of England. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it all, it all counts, brother. Nah, it all counts. It all okay, counts. So, okay, so Thierry Ree was playing was played in the MLS. You got to not my legacies. You know where I stand. Hey, hey, hey. Let's, let's, not, let's, not, <laughs> let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Quick question. Where is yeah. Ronaldo currently playing? Cristiano. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's playing in Saudi Arabia. Where is Lionel Messi currently playing? He's playing in America. Okay, cool. Yeah, tell them to score a billion goals and win everything in football multiple times, and then we can have that conversation. To be fair, the drug was one, drug was one the lot. You split. You split Messi and Ronaldo's careers in Europe in half. So eight years and eight years. It, each half is a Hall of Famer. Each half is a... Well, you just got that Terry Henry who had a Hall of Fame career I as well. I said he's not a top 10 legacy, Don. I'm just telling you the thought process is consistent, brother. That's what I'm trying to show you. I, I hate you, legacy Don. You legacy does are neat, cuz. Legacy, I love, I love my legacy. Legacy does are neat, cuz. Legacy. He loves rubbish in legacy. He does. Legacy is my Roman Empire, all right? <laughs> yeah, that is. I love it. You, 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 you. Anyway, gentlemen, uh, as always, a pleasure. Uh, Disu, we're back in the studio next week, right? Yep, yep. Um, Tobes, make sure you're in attendance, brother. Cool. cool. I look next forward week. to it. Yeah. Tobes, that should be so, right, right. Right. You're there next week, mate. Spurs aren't Sorry. playing next week, are they? No, we're not. Exactly. Yeah. You have no choice. Exactly. Tobes, right. always a pleasure. Disu, always Safe. a pleasure, brother. YouTube listeners, thanks for coming through. Peace. Peace. All right. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a ring, I'm gonna go hard, last and tan. Sports Social Podcast Network.